You are listening to the Struggling Beautifully podcast. Don't forget, whatever stage of life you're walking through or sometimes stumbling, it's important to look above and anchor yourself to the one who controls it all. The best part of life is finding your people, people who will walk with you through the fire. That's what we're here for. Daily inspiration, burning questions answered, and how to always look above. I'm Brooke. And I'm Peyton. And we are struggling beautifully. Hey guys, guess who's back? Hey, hey. This is Brooke. <laughs> so today we're going to be sharing our testimonies. Um, something we talked about, and there's also something that I want you guys to take away from us having two different types of testimonies. Um, but yeah, I just want to first start off by saying, regardless of how you came to know God, I think we oftentimes think, I think she texted me one time and she's like, oh my gosh, Peyton, like your testimony is so much better than mine. (laughs) Just because like hers in her sense wasn't as dramatic, but that you need to take away the fact that it's not about how you get there. It's the fact that we were all saved from the same thing being death. And that's insane in itself, regardless of how you got there. It's the fact that you even got the chance to get there. That's insane yeah and everyone's life's different so the fact that there's not one way that we come to salvation is god itself because Mm -hmm. if we all came to god the same way i feel like it wouldn't be as meaningful not meaningful but like as radical for that person yeah um but yeah yeah and she's gonna some people are gonna be able to connect with her because i have a lot of my friends who they've also talked to me the same way and it's discouraging to them that it wasn't a radical change Mm. for them um which is something that i envy because i feel like i was so far removed so to see someone like have it easier in in a sense easier even though it's not yeah you see how there's benefits to both sides and how you can connect with both of us yeah so i hope that you just take that away from today that it's not about how you get there it's the fact that you You get get there because like this is a good visual so if you're trying to jump over the great the grand canyon to get the other side some people might jump a little further but they're still not going to make it right you know yeah so it doesn't matter we all see sin as like a bar graph whereas god looking down he just sees all sin yeah and we're all all, we're all sinners yeah Yeah. and we no one's greater than the other yeah yeah. So I grew up, I guess I'll go first. Yeah. I just kind of jumped right in. No, I was going to ask you to go first. <laughs> so I grew up in a um, Southern Baptist church and that there's nothing wrong with the fact that I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. But one of the preachings um, that I was very fond of was the fact that um, um, hell was a place that I didn't want to go. Um, that w- It wasn't a... I want a relationship with Christ and I don't want to be removed from him for my entire life, like my eternity whenever I do die. Um, And so my thing was I feared hell. Um, And I think I was in, I was in third grade because it was right around the time I got diagnosed with type one diabetes. And um, I was so scared of death, so scared of death. And I was like, okay, if I die right now, I'm going to hell. I'm going to this scary place that all my preachers talk about um and so I remember just one Sunday being at church and every Sunday he would say if you want to if you want to take Christ into your life pray this prayer and I remember like okay well I don't need to go to hell so the only alternative to not going to hell is being saved Mm -hmm. um and so I remember praying the prayer of salvation and um 
it wasn't like there was a major dramatic change in my life because I was what I was in third grade so what was I eight I was mm -hmm. eight years old um, it wasn't like I was making any life changes really in that moment um, and so after that I thought I was like covered by grace the whole idea of um, once you become saved you're forever in the book of life and you can do whatever you want and say Lord please forgive me and poof you're you're back you're back in good graces um, mm -hmm. and there is a sense of that that is true like God is a forgiving God and he's going to forgive you for your sins but when you truly become a Christian you your life is altered like you mm -hmm. have conviction and you have all these things and um, all was fine and dandy I grew up in a Christian household and um, my whole life I I um, I would say I was a Christian I, I might not have been saved the way that you would that was actually correct. I mean, and I don't know if that's the right words either. Like, I don't know if it was correct or incorrect. I don't really think there's a correct or incorrect way, but um, I can remember going to college and that's kind of when my life was like upended. Um, and I was, I was like, you know, I'm so, I think I've talked about this before. Like, I'm so sick of feeling the conviction. I'm over it. I'm done. I'm writing God off. I'm going to do whatever I want to do because I don't want to feel that conviction anymore. And so I like wrote God off and, um, it took a lot of, a lot of prayers from other people and really trying to find my way, um, through that to be where I am today. And I would say even my, my, um, my faith now after having Lily has honestly been the most dramatic change in my life because really leaning in and relying on Christ through pregnancy and seeing the miracle that it is has really made me be like that's I think that's the first time that I've really been like all right I see ya yeah, like I see you God <laughs> life starts like in you I think that's so cool too yeah and I think that through that like a newfound like m purpose came about in my life because I was like now I'm I've brought life into the world I've seen the miracle of God and um then I've, I was like, now my job is to be this to Lily. Like, now I have to teach her this. So, I don't really know if mine was like a specific, I would say like my specific point was in eighth grade when I was, or in third grade when I was like, yep, don't want to go to hell, this is it. So, that's when I became a Christian. And then it's evolved and there's been mountains and there's been valleys through my religious journey and um yeah I guess that's kind of where I'm at now I still feel like there's probably going to be days where I'm like I have no idea what's going on in my life yeah. right now like hello and I just live in for God I think is because we're imperfect beings and yeah like, God is perfecting us and it's yeah. not we're never gonna be yeah there <laughs> salvation is like a long process you're not just perfect right in that yeah. instant so no yeah so my testimony here we go everyone we get go, your coffee <laughs> so um I, I i grew up in a christian home my dad he has been an elder um he has led a lot of people can um, you explain a little bit of what an elder is just yeah like quickly just like a quick little so, nugget of information an elder is basically someone who's like appointed by the church and like the pastor the pastor's like the head and then you have the elders and then you have the deacons the elders are like what an elder is a leader and an example for like a church 
Um, and like you'd go to an elder to talk about like if you had a problem and you wanted guidance and like say the preacher was like busy with something, the preacher and the elders, they're all on that board to like help you and lead you as a congregation. And then like the deacons, they're like the helpers of like the lead people. Yeah. Um, so it's like a, a leader in the, in the church. Yeah. That's appointed by God and the church. Yeah. For yeah, it's people who you yeah. trust and who who are held to a higher and standard. And knowledgeable. They're knowledgeable about the Bible and salvation and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So that's just a... Yeah. That's just there. So keep going. So he also led some, like, other church groups. So we were very, very involved in church. You know, we got there at 8 a.m. We left at, like, 12, you know, always going to church. Um, and so I would say around, like, 5th grade, 6th grade, this is kind of where it started. And it was the same thing of, like... It's so crazy. I was like, I don't want to get eaten by a shark. <laughs> and dad said, why don't you want to get eaten by a shark? Because you're going on a trip. And I was like, because I don't want to go to hell. And same thing as you, kind yeah. of. And um, he was like, well, you don't have to if you trust in the Lord. And I felt like kind of like a tug on my heart. And like I just started crying for no reason. And so I gave my, I, I was saved in that sense that I knew that I was a sinner in need of a savior. Um, but I didn't understand what it meant to live a life for Christ for like the longest time after that. So I got into some trouble at school with some guys. I lied to my mom. She said she didn't really know who I was. And I think that that was the start of my five-year depression is around sixth grade when I went from being a popular fifth grader who played sports with the guys to um, just another girl. All the cheerleaders got all the attention. Um, we had some problems in our family. You know, mm -hmm. we weren't as close. Like I was mad at you for a while. Um, so a lot of things were going on. My grandpa died like five days before my birthday. And so it was just long and drawn out. And I kept like chasing after this hole that was left in my life. And I tried to fill it with different guys. And slowly the guys started to get like I had lower standards for guys. And I would settle for like the bottom. And like people who would emotionally abuse me, I would allow them to. Because I wanted to be, to be loved and filled. Because I had that hole and I didn't know what it was. And so, it's just a constant light of that. I, I started to chase after bad things to fit in. Um, and then, I think I had this one boyfriend. I don't really consider him my boyfriend now because I, I think I was just, I don't know. I was just it was in the it. label. Yeah, it was just the label that I was chasing after, I think. Um, and it was almost like relationships were more of like an addiction or a drug rather than like something that was real. It was just something that I chased after to be a hole filler. Um, and so I remember this was around like before quarantine. This was my ninth grade year. I like really thought I loved this person. I said it all the time. Um, and the getting there was a lot of like I would be let on and then hurt and then I would still be forgiving um, and all this. And so then it got to a point to where I was like, I don't really, I don't really know if I like this guy. Um, and I was like really confused because there was multiple times where like I about started to do something that I couldn't get back. And like God would put something there that blocked it off from happening. And I was like, why does this happen every single time I'm planning to do this? <laughs> what's going on? Like what? And I think God did that because he wanted to protect me um, for my future. And he knew that now that's not something I would have wanted to do. And if I would have done that thing, I would have been scarred and it would have left a mark on my heart and my mind. And um, 
it was just not been good. So fast forward now, yeah. like before quarantine, like during it, when we were all quarantined, like two months in, I was like, I don't really like this guy because the thing is, I don't think I really did. I think I just needed him. Mm-hmm. I didn't need it. Yeah, yeah. Needed. Um, and when I was distanced away from the world, I saw that I saw myself through a lens of social media and how other people saw me. That's how I acted. So I was like, if I do this, they're going to see me this way. So that's who I am. So I defined myself based off what I thought other people thought about me, which is very wrong. And so then, um, I was freaking out because I was like, how can I just go from saying I love you to, I don't like you at all. Like I was like, what's happening? And so then it spiraled into these other questions of if I'm not sure about this, that I was so sure about, what if God's not real? What if this happened? Why is this happening in the world? And so I kind of took on all these things and I was like, what if that, what if that's all true about me? You know, what sets me apart from that? And I remember texting you about things. I was freaking out my brain. I remember there was nights where like I cried all day and my head just, it was pounding. I was like this close to not believing in God, but I just, I just had this pull to continue to try to read until I understood. And when I tell you it's the worst mental pain I think I've ever went through it like still scars me sometimes because like I'll think about it and I'll remember that pain but now I know God's grace and who he really is but I noticed that I did not know who God was I knew about him but I didn't know him and I didn't know the truth of the gospel I knew what the gospel was I knew that God was a God of love and mercy but I didn't understand the depth of that love and so I just kept praying every night I was like God you know I pray for healing for my mind like I can't stop. I have a whole prayer journal. And the first prayer that I said actually is God, I don't understand what happens and I don't know what's happening to me, but I pray you use it to help someone else in the future. And now here I am with a podcast with my sister sharing my story. Yeah. Um, that's the first prayer that I started praying and slowly my prayers grew from being, I don't understand my life. My life feels superficial, which one thing is the life we live here is in the shadows, but the life with God that's that feels more real than here which I think is insane and you can definitely tell that but that's kind of off topic but, <laughs> um yeah I just like my life feels superficial I don't understand what I'm thinking I don't know what's going on I just goes to show you like the thought life like your thought life is so precious because mm-hmm. you're the devil uses your thought life to make you feel the things that you felt and I didn't know that. that. I didn't yeah. know that the devil attacks you because yeah. it's not something I looked into. And so I think it just, it went on and we started going to North Carolina and I found this one podcast, which I've already talked about with you guys, but it's called Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen. And it was just something that I remember I took bikes, bike rides around this area to try to just like get out of my head. And so one thing that I took away from this is she was like, um, first reflect on what you think about throughout your day and how many thoughts are negative. And I think I thought about guys over half of my day and I did not think about God at all. And I just thought about how I looked like guys, this, this, that, what I wanted, all these things. Um, And then also how like the devil like told her she was scared about life when she died thinking that there was nothing. And Mm. she was like, she was a preacher. Like she, she was a missionary. And she, like, helped other people and spoke to other women. But yet she was scared about this Mm -hmm. during that journey. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, it's not just me. Mm -hmm. And the thing she explained, I was like, wow, this is attack. Like, if you treat it like an attack from the devil and you speak truth onto that and you search after God, he will give you peace. So after praying for, like, peace, there's just one day. I don't even remember where it was, but, like, 
I just felt sudden peace. And I just kept reading my Bible. It got easier. Um, I still struggled with things, but I learned that like, if I just sat there and I felt something, it's like, you know what? I don't understand this, but I'm gonna trust you, God, because I'm yours and no one can pluck me out of your hand. And I think through that journey around, I think June or July, my life just, it changed and I've- Dramatically. Dramatically. Like, insane. Yeah. And like, like you as heart, a whole person changed. Yeah, I was kinder. I used to have a lot of arguments with my dad. I mean, we still have a few arguments, but that's how it is. Yeah, but like, I wanted to be kinder and to help others. And there was a real heart change. And there's something that like, I was my worst critic, but my mom's like, I see the fruits of the spirit in you. Mm -hmm. And my words, they became more mature because they're not inspired by me. I think they're inspired by God. And I've seen how he's, he's brought people out of my life, but he's also brought people into my life. And it's just been crazy to be like, I can still have days where I don't understand and I'm scared of the past, but God's telling me not to be scared to look at my past because that's what he brought me out of, but to look to my future, to know that I'm secure and that no one can take me out of his hand. But the past just shows what he has done for me. The growth, yeah. And I just, the love of God, you might know it, but once you understand it, I'm telling you, nothing can hold you down. No thoughts, no anything can can take you away from his love because he loves you. There's just like an overwhelming joy all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, you could be in the hardest times of your life and in the depths of the, you know, shadows of death and then there's still that joy and that hope mm -hmm. um, that you live through. And that's, it's, I feel like sometimes it's hard to look at that and especially if you're like trying to figure out God and figure out who God is you're kind of like what the heck I don't really understand how somebody that I, I I know I always have struggled with like how do I know this is real like mm -hmm. how do I know that the things that I read God's word and how do I know that it's real and I know mm -hmm. a lot of like you guys have asked the same question and well I'm sure we have You've talked about it a little mm -hmm. bit, and we'll talk about it in the future. But just the 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 comfort of like when you look at your life and see God's hand, and you might not see it in the moment. Like I can I can say that like in college, like everything that was going on, I didn't see God's hand in it. But now, five years later, I look back and I'm like, there yeah. he was. He was there every step of the way. Everything that happened was for his sovereign purpose. Um, and I see that a lot in your testimony because there was times where you were just like as low as you could be. And yeah. now you're out of it and you just are a whole different person, which is so exciting. The two pieces of advice from my testimony too that I want to share is one that I expected Christianity to bring happiness mm -hmm. and I didn't know what joy was. And my mom's like, God never said you're going to be happy all the time. Because the thing is, he says we're going to struggle because mm -hmm. that's what's going to grow us. Um, but we will have joy in that suffering. So joy is different than happiness. And my dad says that you have to choose faith. Faith isn't always a feeling. And faith is something that God supplies you with. He supplies us with new faith every day. But it's something that you have to choose to say, I have faith in you, even though I don't feel your presence right now. And that's something I had to do as I leaned into knowing that 
you're not supposed to lean on your own understanding and also to pick up your cross and follow him. My cross was my pain, my past, and my current doubt in who he was. And it's like sometimes I can even doubt like what if God's not real, but like he obviously is and it's something that I can't shake. And I think that's because God gives us the faith. And so one thing that I want to ask you because you didn't get to ask this, because me and you both have had like kind of long drawn out salvation so it wasn't like a specific day Mm -hmm. um so like how do you know um that you're saved like how can you tell if you're saved or not saved I think that for me it's the the overwhelming want to do right by God Mm -hmm. like and I'm not going to do right by God. I'm not going to be the perfect person. Jesus was the only person that lived a complete sinless life. Um, but I think it's the the um, conviction in my heart of when I do something that I know is wrong. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm physically like causing pain yeah. to Christ. And I think that's one thing that has always... Like I said, when I was in college, I turned off that conviction. I think, well, to repeat your question again, sorry. Like, how do you know that you're I'm saved? I'm saved. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's one of the huge things. And I think another one of the things is that even in the hard times, there's always a joy. There's always, like, I can always think, like, this is, I'm in a struggle, and I can recognize that I'm in a struggle, but I also know that there's a purpose for that struggle mm-hmm. and it may not be a quick struggle it may be a long struggle but I know that it's God's purpose and I think that whenever I was what I thought was saved I never had that like I always was like I would always get angry in those moments instead of glorifying in those moments because I knew that it was for a purpose yeah. so I think that's the two big things and I'm sure if you asked that question to anybody, it would, it would be different for yeah. every person. Um, but I think that the conviction that I feel to want to do right and to want to share my love for Christ to other people because I want them to feel that overwhelming peace, I think that would be the biggest things that I can think of mm-hmm. as why I feel that I'm saved. Or not feel why I know that I'm saved. I think you can just tell by your overall, like, change of heart. God gives us a new heart. And, like, like you're saying, like, conviction. Like, you can be not saved and believe in God and, like, not have a care in the world about how you're making God feel. But I think when you're saved, it's like that is a part of who you are. And Mm -hmm. you're in a relationship with God. So it becomes something that affects you. Yeah, for sure. And so even if you're doubting... um, and even, I know some people, they have conviction about not feeling convicted after they sin. Mm-hmm. That's conviction. Yeah. Um, it's the fact so, that you know it's wrong and it bothers it. you. Yeah. Yeah. You recognize the the feeling of yeah. upsetting or, you know, yeah. not doing good right. if you're questioning it and you're really, like, wanting to, I think you are. Yeah. You know, because you would not want, God calls after us, but he has to give us the heart to want him because we naturally don't yeah it's only by his grace that you're saved yeah yeah. and like i think that that what you just said was super cool and i think that's something good to end on is like if you feel that tug if you feel the weight of 
and you might not think of it as sin, but if you feel the weight of like what an action that you did feeling not right, mm -hmm. I think that that's a super important thing to recognize yes. because that might be God poking at your heart a little bit saying, Hey, like I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you really recognize those moments that, and like Peyton, like Peyton did, Peyton did this a whole lot better than me when I was younger dive into the word even if you don't understand and even if you don't believe like reading god's word it almost like fit your life fits into it and you're like oh and i feel you fire. yeah it changes you like yeah it's fire yeah but no, fire. it's like fire it spreads <laughs> i know that's what i was thinking it spreads and it changes you and it molds you even if you don't feel it in the moment, it does change. And yeah. his word is moving all the time. Oh, yeah. It's not an ancient book. It's a book that still continues Lives. to change people. Yeah. And you all, the weirdest things, I can read Romans like 40,000 times and always find something new. No, to yeah, it's crazy. Just think about how many like sermons there have been. And oh, they're, you God, know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So it's just, and it's just a, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. But I guess we can end on like the encouragement of, like this, this is our story and you have your story and you may have already experienced your story. We're all continuing to live in our story. Um, but know that to pay attention to the moments, to pay attention to your feelings and know that God's there, even if you don't feel it. Yeah. And hold on to him. When you don't understand your emotions or your feelings, we're defined by Christ. So hold on to him and his truths and understand that your emotions are going to change your your frame of mind is going to change and that's okay i think change is hard for me to embrace too but god's never changing so just hold on to him um and trust in his promises and we'll get through this life together yeah. because guess what we're, we're struggling, struggling beautifully, beautifully. <laughs>